0: Here's Lisa, living fearlessly with Lisa McDonald.
1: Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV, radio, terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest. Who is my guest of today? Well, what I can tell you is, Mark Mitri was born in Boston, Massachusetts on July 22nd, 1997, as a first generation immigrant from Egypt. His parents came to the United States in 1996 with a couple hundred bucks in their pocket. At the age of seven, Mark would go to newspapers and cut out baseball players in the sports section and glue them together with several pieces of paper to emulate real trading cards. In turn, Mark used the money to buy real baseball cards and Pokemon cards and cookies to give to his friends. Despite his craftiness and entrepreneurial tendencies, he was labeled as a shy kid and decided to choose fear and not his real potential throughout most of his life. Mark built up a fair bit of social anxiety which placed boundaries and prevented him from living the life he actually wanted to live. Mark got his first job sweeping floors, cleaning tables, and taking orders from customers at his dad's pizza store. Mark hustled his way through summers and saved enough money to buy a laptop and iPhone. From then on, Mark started learning online. He learned how to code, develop, and build websites and mobile applications in 2009. Mark started his own YouTube channel around video games at the age of 13 in 2010. Mark had a total of 35,000 subscribers and featured games like Call of Duty and Minecraft. Little did Mark know that his content creation marketing skills were being built at a very young age. Mark founded a Minecraft server at age 15 and it went on to be one of the biggest servers on the planet. Mark stayed as the Creative Operations Director of PPMC, started in 2013 until 2018, the number one pixel minecraft server in the world. As Creative Director, Mark grew the company's website to reach over 10 million users and 10,000 registered premium members. Mark managed the remote staff team of over 40 talented individuals and directed company growth programs. Founded and operating VU Dream currently, started in December 2016, a growing and innovative virtual and augmented reality marketing and advertising agency based in Boston. VU Dream has worked with dozens of startups, studios, arcades, and other VR, AR businesses to help customers imagine new future realities. VU Dream is responsible for advertising and marketing for many virtual reality and mixed reality companies in the industry in many major cities around the world, as well as posting daily content to millions of people online. For fun, Mark hosts a top 100 podcast called Humans 2.0. Mark's show features innovative and talented guests in every episode available on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher Radio, and iHeartRadio. Wow. On the show, Mark converses with billionaires, New York Times bestselling authors, and world-class human beings like Seth Godin, Ed Milet, and many others to educate for change in their own lives and upgrade to the human version 2.0 that is inside all of us. Wow. Welcome to the show, Mark. How are you, my friend?
2: Lisa, I couldn't be better. Thank you so much for that (laughs) amazing intro. Super fan, big fan of the show. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, thanks for joining us because after having read that, I don't even know how you have time for me and my listeners, but thank you. I'm so, glad we got on the calendar. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So for everybody who follows me, which I'm very gracious for that, um, everybody knows that my style and approach to my show and my guests of each week, it's unscripted, it's organic. I think it makes for a much more authentic conversation, in my humble opinion. So what I would like to do is just delve right in and first and foremost, ask you about the most important thing, which is your health. So how are you currently feeling these days, Mark?
2: I am doing, uh, amazing. Like, you know, for me, a lot of people look at me as the young guy and, you know, oftentimes you don't value your health until you lose it. And I had that experience really young when I was a kid. Like I was diagnosed with a wide variety of autoimmune issues. And, you know, by the time I was 18, I sort of threw the towel down and I was like, I'm, I'm sick of this. And I just began to research and, and try to learn from. The best, best health experts. And it took a long, long time. It took a lot of work. It was, you know, still a lot of work today, but, you know, I've never had more energy. And, you know, I remember, I remember this exact specific moment where I walked into my doctor's office. And this is basically the doctor that had seen me my entire life. And I was sort of transformed with my health. I didn't sort of experience the same symptoms. And they ran all the tests and he basically told me, like, You know, whatever it is that you're doing, keep doing it. And it was really just a matter of, you know, trying to find ways to relieve stress, um, Mm -hmm. eating healthy, exercising, sleeping, you know, all the things that we know are supposed to do. And so thank God today my health is awesome.
1: Fantastic. (laughs) Well, congratulations and fantastic because – You know, it's like everything I talk about on the show, and it's what I personally subscribe to in terms of philosophy and ideology is, you know, what you place your attention on grows stronger. So once you reconfigurate what it is you define as your, your most pivotal, profound priorities, things then start to shift accordingly based on also coupling that with massive action. So let's talk about the mindset factor. You know, when people say mind over matter and it comes to things that you've been personally afflicted by, such as health, such as social anxiety, um, some people might say, well, you know, it's not my fault that this happened to me or, you know, this is kind mm. of beyond my situation or scope of skill set in, in terms of reversing things or modifying things or improving things or eradicating things. So, you know, for where you are now, based on the contrast of once upon a time, what would you say to people from the mindset perspective in terms mm. of recalibrating?
2: Mm, mm i uh i I totally love that because it's uh it's pretty funny, like maybe I'd say three yeah three years ago maybe four years ago, I literally had never heard of the words mindset uh self development fulfillment, never really understood what happiness really was, even though I was fairly financially superficially successful based on you know all those things that you write about in my bio of what yeah. I was doing as an early kid. Um, and, you know, for me, believe it or not, I began to understand mindset when I began to sort of go down my health and specifically in terms of, you know, my weight. So when, it, when I was about 18 years old in 2015, I went through this really, really – when I look back at it now, that was kind of like the dark night of the soul moment
0: Mm. where
2: I was trying to find myself. I was super lost, but I also knew I had a ton of potential and I knew I had a ton of ambition sort of deep down at the bottom of my heart. and. I had ignored that voice that was telling me, you know, what I should be doing my entire life. And I think it came out in in little small glimpses like that Minecraft server or whatever else I was doing in my life at that time. But I was very much unknown to it. And, you know, at first, when I was 18, I began to. Um, now that I was a little bit consciously aware of it, it actually scared me. I was afraid to almost take responsibility for my life. And so it was this really interesting time where I was becoming conscious of a lot of various facets about my life, but at the same time, my actions, my behavior wasn't lining up to do so. And so in turn, I did what I think a lot of people do is I try to drown out that voice, that voice that comes from my heart that I know is telling me what to do with alcohol, drugs. The big one for me was food. I would binge eat all the time. Like, thank God I, I never really got involved with drugs or alcohol growing up. But for me, food was like actually the my actual drug of choice. Like I realized whenever I was sad, whenever I was stressed, I would reach for something to, you know, eat because that was sort of immediately in my vicinity as somebody who, you know, didn't have a ton of money to blow on, you know, drugs and alcohol and all that kind of stuff. And so you fast forward this and next thing you know, I'm like 215 pounds and I was originally maybe like 150. So I had gained like literally like over 65, 70 pounds over a course of like a couple of months and eventually you know the my sort of existential pain got so bad that it didn't matter you know what i was doing it didn't matter how many netflix shows i could binge on the the voice that was inside of me was causing me way too much pain that i just literally didn't know how to cope with it and eventually it led me to this moment of where the pain got so bad and i didn't have any coping mechanisms at that time or any healthy coping mechanisms where I would just go outside and I'd go for a walk, and this was at like one a.m., two a.m. And I live in the city of Boston, and mm-hmm. Boston's an amazing city. Yes, it but is. At the same time, um, but at the same time, you know, obviously in any city, there's good areas, there's some not so good areas. I happen to live on a bordering town between a not so good area, and so on. Sort of like my dark night of the soul, what I was really. What my plan was, is like, I'm going to go outside and I'm going to walk every day at night in the terrible areas that I know where people get mugged and shot and there's a ton of gang violence there all the time because I was like secretly fantasizing about sort of me wanting to end my own life. And Mm -hmm. on one of those nights, I mean, I remember it like it was yesterday, but on one of those nights, I was walking and you know all of a sudden um you know things were silent there were no cars in the street uh, you know i i wasn't playing with anything on my phone i didn't have anybody texting me uh, there's nut no, there's nobody in the street and i got quiet and i got silent and i really i think got access to the first time in my life getting access to myself and really seeing um really my full narr- awareness of what i have to the world and it was Beautiful. only from that to where I was able to you know sort of walk out of um you know growing up from my past i uh I had some health issues like I had talked about um I ended up growing up in a really small town in Massachusetts, like five thousand people um, that town was a lot of great people, but um that town was like basically an all white town mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I'm not white and you know obviously it's not like i 'm racist or anything but so, I was literally the only person, you know, growing up through most of my adolescence that looked the same as I.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: so, I definitely got my fair share of bullying and racism and all that great stuff. And it really ended up sort of placing me in this survival, you know, fight your life against the world kind of like jail prison mindset. And so, that was where I was coming from. And when I had that, moment when i had that night of where i was really suicidal i began to realize that what my brain what my psyche was actually trying to do was it was trying to almost like kill off this first version of myself similar oh, to i like, love
1: that love that
2: similar to like a software update right yeah and so i think that desire to like kill yourself is actually you're trying to kill the last version of the kind of person you were And, you know, it obviously was not an overnight thing. It took me many, many months and years. But eventually through, you know, reading the right books and surrounding myself with the right people and eating healthy and really taking care of my physiology, that I was able to, you know, sort of, you know, lie and sort of do what I'm doing now as my calling. And so yeah, that's, that's, that's my answer.
1: <laughs> wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. You said so many things that I am, that are just yummy and speak to my soul. And it's my favorite subject matter. So I'm going to try and juggle all this so it's not to lose some imperative information that you touched upon that I want to delve a little bit deeper into. Um, so. Yes, we talk about that voice quite often, myself and the guests that I showcase each week. We talk about intuition. Some people call it source. Some people call it intuitiveness. Some people call it the muscle that needs to be honed or Mm. reconditioned or tapped into. Because oftentimes when we choose to ignore what our inner being, because that's our inner being, call it, you know, our subconscious, uh, coupled with our inner being, our core self, however people choose to define or characterize that, that is who we really are. And we, as we continue to grow, uh, you know, and chronologically get older in life, and as we step into adulthood, and therefore we're faced with increasing responsibilities, stressors, all those kinds of things, competing priority lists, uh, we tend to lose sense, uh, sight and sense of who it is we actually are. And so that's why people are not living in alignment. That's why people's actions uh, versus what it is that they're saying or they're proclaiming as what they want their life to look like or the type of person they aspire to always be connected to in terms of best version of self, that gets lost or it's incongruent or there's those inconsistencies. So we, it is so emphatically important, as you pointed out, to really pay attention To that inner voice, because you and I both know, Mark, we know from personal experience and from the people who I continuously showcase on the show, who are very fully actualized and evolved human beings who have tapped into Mm. self awareness, that by choosing to tune that out, that little whisper evolves into such a loud, uh, ongoing message that you just can't tune it out anymore. But it's a choice whether you pay attention. And if you, you know, convert things accordingly, if you recalibrate things accordingly, if you pay attention. Um, So I'm just so grateful Mm. for that night, you having paid attention, you got quiet, you got still, I'm so glad that your phone wasn't pinging you and that there was no cars (laughs) and distractions, because who knows, right? It could have gone one way Mm. or the other that night for you. Yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. And it's like, you know, on, you know, something that I like that I love to think about is like, you know, those, those moments that maybe when they're happening seem like the, the, the worst kinds of moments where you're in, you know, confusion. You don't know what to do. You're about to give up. You're, you know, you don't know what decision to make. You know, for me, oftentimes when I look back at those moments, those are like the best memories of my yes. life. And those moments created sort of, you know, I've, I've got a long way to go, but sort of like the, the beast that I am today. It took a it took a while. Like I'm definitely a, um, similar to a lot of other people, like I'm definitely a 21 uh, year old overnight success. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Well, what I'll say too, is you're also clearly an old soul, right? Because there are some people, Who live long lives, but have never lived. And up until their last breath, they have never tapped into the insights, the enlightenment, the wisdom, the choices, uh, the conscious, deliberate, intentional choices in which you have in terms of navigating your life and taking it on the trajectory of where it is that you know is most aligned with who your core being, your inner self is. So, you know, Mm. the fact that I'm speaking to somebody of that chronological age, I don't get so wrapped up in that because it's really, to me, everything's an illusion fear is an illusion time mm. is an illusion um but I want to talk about what you said where you got that initial reaction from me like oh I love that was when you talked about the first version of yourself being killed off no differently than if it was like you know paralleled with a video game so mm. knowing that this is your skill set you know having plugged the whole Minecraft knowing what it is that you do on YouTube knowing <laughs> that you're very savvy in the technical world let's talk about how you turned fear into mm. purpose and, and sequentially what that also means to, And I often say this on my show, it, it's you've turned shit into gold is what you've done. Yeah. So let's talk about how your fear, your predominant initial fear based on social anxiety, based on, mm. you know, feeding your, your pain, um, with food, all of that stuff. Let's talk about how this has really catapulted who you truly are in unearthing birthing reinventing mark matry for who mark matry truly is in showing up to the rest of the world today
2: yes yes so you know speaking of of shit i remember <laughs> i remember growing up as a kid and whenever i had some kind of a presentation to do or not even presentation it could just be like some confrontation i do i literally remember i'd lock myself in the bathroom and just Unload and just go to the bathroom because my digestive system was in so much, um, you know, anguish and in stress. And we know how much, you know, fear and anxiety is so closely correlated to your body and especially your stomach and how you process food and whatnot, you know, versus today where, you know, I get to travel around the world and, uh, people pay me a ton of money to come and speak to, you know, uh, over a thousand people. And I get to speak alongside like, you know, Olympian gold medal athletes, like some crazy people. And I look back to what I was doing 10 years ago of how afraid I was. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. And it's really, really enabled me to have the belief that, and this belief is, uh, it comes from a quote from somebody who I've had the honor of interviewing, uh, Mastin Kipp. Mm -hmm. He says that Unless you're in mortal danger, fear is a compass telling your soul where to go. Yes. And when I look back at the things that I was the most afraid of back then, it is literally what I am doing the best at right now. <laughs> and maybe there's a reason, right? Because maybe, you know, um for whatever reason, maybe my, you know, personality or whatever you want to call it, my psychology, maybe I am just a little bit more worrisome than the average person. Um, but I definitely think that those two sort of go hand in hand and I'm right now, I'm trying to think like what I'm afraid of right now. So I can like sort of project where I'm going to go into the future. I have some Mm -hmm. ideas, but you know, for me, fear was actually something that I, that I never thought about growing up. Um, fear was very much sort of like the operating system that I had been engulfed by. Um, now I have a healthy relationship with fear, but the way that I describe it is, You know, fear was the, he was the, or he or she, whatever, the dominant sort of force. Like I was living my life based on the neck hold choke of fear and whatever way it wanted me to move based on however it was feeling that way. And I I was never, ever conscious of that. And it was only until I ended up going off to like college, like I had said when I was 18, where I was able to. Um, you know, I'm, I don't know if it was like a certain event that made me to just become conscious of it, but mm-hmm. all of a sudden I, I like realized like, oh my God, I have social anxiety and I never connected those dots before. I'm, yeah. I'm a bit of a slow thinker, but when I connected those dots, what I instantly began to do is first off, I began to see it in sort of other people consciously. And I began to, you know, sort of see what they like, and it was only through that sort of reflection where I was able to gain some sense of awareness and be like, oh, wow, this is how I am actually like, or this is how I look like. And then from that point on, what I began to do, you know, unconsciously is I just began to, you know, sort of paint my future. And I began to sort of think like, "Okay, Mark, so you're 18 years old right now. You can't talk to people. You can barely make direct eye contact with anybody unless it's, you know, somebody you've known for like over a decade. But then even though it's even then, you're still sort of keeping it at a shallow level Mm. because you don't want to go too deep. And so I was like, man, if I keep going on this route in like 12 years, I'm going to be a 30 year old that's working in some kind of like a cubicle office doing something that he doesn't want to do not having any kind of friends just sort of like going home by myself not you know having a a girlfriend or or having a wife or any of that imagine how much my life is gonna suck even more and so (laughs) when I that was really it I mean I mean people a lot of people in psychology they talk about like projecting your your hell and your and your heaven right and so I also did the reverse and I was like Hey, although I didn't work on that one too much, I was like, hey, if I um, figured this out and I'm like 30, man, I, you know, knowing the things that I know and knowing all the successes that I have had in my past, I bet I could totally make something special and really, you know, leave an impact behind on this earth for, you know, people that are also struggling in my situation. Mm. And so once I sort of wrapped my mind around like that, you know, that future good and bad, then it was just a moment. I mean, that was just a period of actually facing the pain right here and now. And what I mean by that is, so when I look at my life, um, you know, fear was definitely sort of the main operating system, like I had mentioned, but I, it's not like I was always afraid, right? So if I was sitting, you know, alone at my house playing video games, I probably wasn't afraid, but it was... It, the real issue was what would happen is after I stopped playing those video games and Mm -hmm. my mind had actually, you know, had time to not be distracted. And like, you know, I'll tell you something that I don't really talk about that often, but I'm definitely trying to talk about it more. Um, so up until the ages of like 18 years old, I used to wet the bed like all of the time. So I was Mm -hmm. like an 18 year old wetting the bed and, Mm -hmm. How does you know? Psychologists explain this to me, and they told me that you know our minds are always trying to find some source, some source of a stimuli, something to distract them, either a, you know a good distraction or a bad distraction.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: so, what I realized is you know every night when I would go to sleep and I would close my eyes, there aren't any distractions. It's just me and my own mind,
1: mm-hmm. and I
2: was living in so much fear that when I did go to sleep and I faced extreme, extreme insomnia, so it's not like I fell asleep often, I would, you know, go to battle with my mind. And it's like, Mm -hmm. if you've ever seen, you know, somebody been in some kind of an accident or some kind of a traumatic response, they immediately go to the bathroom. And so that happened to me like every single night. And that was like a massive, massive indicator that fear was really, really dominating my life. But the point that I wanted to get to is that all these distractions are are great. And I think that we should get rid of the bad ones and put in some more good ones, like, you know, starting a, a business or you know, meditating. And I use the word distraction here very loosely. But mm-hmm. but I think what what was really going on and why I wasn't doing anything about my state was because I was comfortable. And I think I was comfortable in the midst of fear. Because I was trying to sort of, you know, drug myself with pleasure in whatever temporary moments that I could get. So whether that was escaping to a video game for three hours, whether that Mm -hmm. was escaping to, uh, you know, a mystical dreamland when I would be, you know, eating a ton of junk food for like 15 minutes. Whether that was, um, you know, drinking or doing drugs or, you know, leaving my mind for 45 minutes to watch like a Netflix special. What I began to do is I began to realize that all of those little instantaneous hits of comfort and of pleasure were actually making my fear worse because I wasn't Mm -hmm. dealing with it. And so what I began to do is I didn't do this obviously right away, it took me a while, but I dropped all of my vices. And I mean vices in every kind of sense. So some people may interpret this as a substance. You, if you're a little bit, you know, more in tune, you can interpret this as maybe this is a kind of person that you're hanging around. Maybe this is when you, um, you know, uh, have something that you want to do and you start procrastinating because that procrastination is actually a sense of relief because you don't want to work towards that person because you have a negative belief. And so what I began to realize is like, if I actually need to feel the pain of now to propel me into the future, for me to actually force me into making a change, I need to get uncomfortable and leave behind all of my vices so I can step into the pain of the current present moment. And it was only until I was able to step into that current pain of the present moment where I was able to gain almost like a sense of clarity through my own struggle and I was eventually sort of you know lit uh you know lit on fire to sort mm-hmm. of get out there and you know get out there triumphously and and do it right like um the the both of us know uh Dov Baron and he talks yes. about you know you have to reach a, a a fuck it moment in your life for you to mm-hmm. actually sort of draw a line to be able to start doing things that you've never done before and for me, I was always sort of trying to escape, trying to um, get by because I was so dominated by fear. But I wish somebody had told me early on of like, dude, if you get in front of fear right now and you form a healthy relationship with it, you can actually not be in that much pain in your everyday life for you to need to try to escape and use all these vices. And so once I sort of you know, understood that, Then it was just a matter of like putting in the reps. And what I mean by that is like, so I had talked about my social anxiety. That for me was like a real sort of, that was probably like the biggest layer to my fear. And so what I began to do is I just, I remember pulled out a journal and I was just like, okay, you know, how am I gonna beat this social anxiety? Maybe I can try talking to people, right? Seems pretty self-explanatory. So I would (laughs) go out on the street, and I would um, just walk up to people and I'd try to have conversations with them. At first, like my mind literally didn't let me. And so I literally remember going back to my uh, to my apartment and just like rethinking my entire life. And I'm like, man, this <laughs> this plan may not work. But then what I decided to do is I broke it down and I said you know, okay, it may not be the best for you to go up to to random people and try to start conversations. But maybe <laughs> you go up to random people and um, and ask them what the time is. And so I would literally walk around and I do this in intervals. So I'd walk up to 10 people and I'd ask them, hey, do you know what the time is? And they tell me the time. like, Okay, thanks. Have a great day. Bye. I do that 10 times. And then I would level up and I'd say, okay, maybe I could, I could ask them what the time is. And then also like, you know what you know what are directions to get to this place over here and so i would do that another 10 times and after that i'd say okay maybe after asking them those two questions maybe i could like leave them some kind of a compliment somehow that's a little bit you know more deep than thank you and so i'd do that and then eventually i worked my way up to just you know being able to talk to people and i would do that again and again and again and then i would also do things like I would start to wear like weird clothes um, (laughs) in public (laughs) and I would do that because I was trying to condition myself to get people for me to not care what other people think of me because growing up, um, you know, I didn't have that much money. I'm a, you know, son of immigrants. My parents came here with a couple hundred bucks, like you mentioned. And so I would, you know, very much wear the same clothes over and over and over again to school and people would make fun of me. And so I realized that was sort of a belief that I had. And so I began to execute and take action on sort of like this mini exercise all of the time to sort of start to disengage this, you know, habitual programming of fear in my mind. And then I began to realize that, you know, um, if you are not sleeping seven to eight hours a day Or, and, or if you are not giving your body the right kinds of nutrients, the right kinds of vitamins, the right kinds of minerals, the right kinds of fats as a physiological response. And this leads back to like, you know, the first question that you asked me, your body can actually have a, you know, mental sort of side effect of not reaching those biological requirements. And one of those side effects could be anxiety. And so when I began to do the research on that and I sort of began to clean this whole facet up, I really began to realize that, you know, this whole social anxiety fear that I predominantly had was actually something that was trying to nudge me in the right direction. And then, you know, in terms of branching out to that in terms of other kinds of fears, I think I think the way that I've tackled those was really with um definitely with uh mindfulness meditation. I mean, I'm not going to talk that much about it because a lot of people talk about it and I think it's awesome. Uh-huh. But when I was able to experience that silence, like I had told you on the dark night of my soul, but uh-huh. I'm able to experience that silence every single day for 20 to 30 minutes, you're really able to, you know, gain almost like a third uh, perspective on, on, on who you are. And, um, the best analogy I can sort of think of this is like, um, you know, human beings are like onions. We have so many different layers, but you know, on the, the very middle, on the inside at our core, we have like this really soft and mushy sort of uh, core. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we start off with that as a, as a kid. And I think as we go on, what often happens is we put on these layers as almost like these suits of armor, depending on various, you know, traumatic events or scenarios that happen to us where, you know, we learn something and we're like, okay, this thing happened in life. Now I got to put on, you know, this suit of armor. So I make sure I, I don't hurt. And next thing you know, you have a ton of layers on and, you know, fast forward, like, 18 years later, for some people, it's like 40 years later, you realize like, oh, wait, all those layers that I'm projecting to the outside world, that's not even me. And I think what meditation does, or even just any kind of activity that lets you be with yourself, you slowly start to chip back on the layers because you really get to see how crazy you are. Yeah. Like when I meditate every day, like, I, I don't even know what I thought today. All I know is like, I saw, I heard, saw felt, whatever thought, some crazy stuff that I know if I would get like right now in the middle of this interview, I would totally think I was a crazy person and I would start (laughs) to And in turn, that would affect my answer and how I'm doing this interview. And then for all we know, like, you know, if I do this interview to the best of my ability, somebody could reach out to me that's listening to your show that's like 14 years old that is that has faced everything that I'm experiencing and they thought there wasn't a way out and they heard this and they're like, oh my God, now I've given this person so much more hope for them to take action in their own lives versus let's say if I didn't do that and I did change my answers and they weren't as deep and they were shallow, maybe that person wouldn't get to, you know, the place that they are. And so, um...
1: You're so, yeah, amazing. I completely forgot
2: the question you asked me, but uh No,
1: yeah. you know what? You answered it and you answered it in such a way it has never been answered on my show. And I've I've interviewed people for four and a half years. Um and that's not to negate or minimize the quality and the stellarness that each person brings to my show. But knowing that I'm all about living fearlessly, you really took this in a direction and you really did peel back that onion and you really did offer a level of Uh, deep introspective with parallel uh, tangible examples to illustrate and cite what this whole fear illusion is. And I thank you for that because that involved you being vulnerable. That involved you being uh, very exposed in some of what you said. And going back to what you said about up until 18 years of age, you would wet the bed. Well, I'm going to say, my friend, better to literally wet the bed than to metamorphically and figuratively shit the bed throughout the rest of your life. So I just want to say good on you for, for really, because there's people, like I say, there are people, and I don't get caught up in chronological age, but there are people who will never understand the language of what it is that you are speaking or what I'm speaking about with us people being immersed in the personal growth, personal development industry. However, what we do know as fellow human beings and why these types of shows and you as these types of guests who come on to Living Feralcy with Lisa McDonald are so imperatively important for the listening audience is because as human beings, we understand regardless of whether they can relate or resonate with your individual uh, specific examples of what you've gone through or what I've gone through in my backstory or not, Mark, people know what it is to feel fear. People know what it is Mm. to feel immobilized by fear. People know what it is to feel ostracized, to feel invisible, to feel left out, to feel incensed, to feel void. You know, we know this. And so... Mm. For the fact that you have really gone deep, you've been very candid and you've been very transparent. I just wanna say thank you because I know for a fact what you have shared with myself and the listening audience today and eventually the podcast subscribers, that is going to transmit. People are going to level up as a result of you having done so in your own life and therefore being that example and that leader for other people around you who are operating at different levels of self-awareness. So, I mean, this Mm. is this is yummy. This is, I think, critical because many people who I've interviewed, I've been there myself, have at one point or another been suicidal, uh, really questioning what is this all about? Why am I here? Why am I, you know, why am I um, being on the receiving end of so much crap, which we know even from a humanistic level is so cruel when you talk about bullying, when you talk about, uh, you know, people you know segregating people or um uh, marginalizing people because of the color of their skin or because of the language in which they speak or because of their sexual orientation or the clothes that they wear or they don't wear like i get it and this i can't thank you enough mark you have really transcended a lot of takeaways and breakthroughs and bullseyes here true bullseyes uh that have landed here um So, I mean, I definitely need to have you come back on the show because there's just too many layers, uh, and too many, too much yumminess in which to expand upon and extrapolate on for the benefit of the listening audience. But I do want to give you the opportunity being cognizant of time. Uh, you know, people are going to want to connect with you outside of listening to this. 55 minutes is not enough. How can people connect with you? How can people listen to your podcast? Uh, how can people seek you out for speaking engagements, read your content, et cetera, et cetera?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Lisa. And I think, you know, similar to me and myself, uh, creating this platform, this is what enables all this growth. And, you know, I think the best part is it's not about either one of us. It's about all these different voices and ultimately you know my story is your story and your okay. story is the person that's listening it's really the human condition in and of itself yeah. and so if people are interested in that kind of stuff i've got a podcast called humans 2.0 check it out anywhere you listen to podcasts social media wise i'm probably the most active on linkedin and instagram you can just search me mark metry m a r k m e t r y and if you want to send me an email you can do so my email is mark@ at v u dream.com
1: fantastic well we still have some time here so i'm gonna like maximize this to the hilt sweet um so what I also would like to know is going back to what you said about the first version of you being killed off. What is the next version? What have been the other succession of versions? What is, what are you right now still grappling with? Because you know, you have yet to continuously, because it's, you know, there's no end to this. The barometer of growth, yeah. personal growth. I mean, it's just, you know, you're going to, you talk about leveling up. This is a limitless, levelless game. Like you just keep going and you keep going and you keep going depending on how hungry you are and how, uh, tapped into this you are energetically vibrationally frequency all of that yummy stuff so where do you know it, you know taking into account your enlightenment taking into consideration what you've already eradicated from your life that was keeping you immobilized in fear where else does mark Metry still need to go to truly get to that next level Yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, I have, man, I have, how much time do we have? I have so Uh, many different (laughs) issues. I have so many different issues, so many different areas that I need to get into. Uh, for me, just, you know, some, some ones that I can say are, um, my, uh, my, my fitness level in terms of, Sort of my physique and my sort of strength and conditioning at a physical level, something that I'm really, really working on right now. I hit the gym every single day at 5 a.m. because I've really, you know, if I've understood anything, it's that, you know, strong body a lot of the times equals strong mind. And if you can go in that with that understanding and push your body to the utmost limits and Growing up, I never played any sports. And so this is a totally new frontier for me. And I have a personal trainer that I work with. So that's been something that's really, really been, um, sort of a, a focus for me and just sort of eating more and kind of getting a lot more into that health stuff. Another area for me is, um, so I'm 21 years old right now. I do not have, uh, a girlfriend. I, um, when I look back at my life, I've never had like a serious, committed relationship, and so that's something that is really, really, very much on the horizon that I'm still trying to learn to do because it's, again, very much a new frontier for me that seems like really foreign, but I know it's Mm -hmm. super, super critical in my own life for maximum growth and and overall potential for not only me but the people around me, Mm -hmm. and I'd say the other area that – this might sound funny, and it sounds funny to me every time I say it out loud, but right now I'm actually – uh, in the middle of working with a handful of music producers because I'm actually going to be releasing, uh like, a hip-hop rap album. Wow. Uh, in the coming months. Yeah. And I'm actually going to do that because, you know, every time I turn on the radio or I, you know, walk into some classical mainstream place and they have the mainstream radio on, all the hip-hop, rap, R&B songs, like, all of those are are up there. They're always talking about, you know, drugs or girls or Mm. or money or this and that, kind of the stereotypical stuff. But yet when I look back at sort of my upbringing and the musical artists, some of them that I listened to, the most impactful ones actually talked about the truth, the raw, the real, while also making it sort of musically genius. And so what I'm in the middle of doing now is like, I've, you know, I have this podcast, it's all about mindset, self-development, all the people that are interested in it are listening to the podcast. But here's the thing. I bet there's still a ton of people that like don't even know that they know they could be interested in this, but just haven't been exposed to it. And so my methodology is like, or my, you know, my sort of path is like, if I can create an album that has, that's like kind of the theme of like the mainstream hip hop, rap, track beat, but also has lyrics that are awesome and that are like really Im- like impregnated with truth and meaning and like mindset. And I can like slowly begin to distill these things down to people that aren't even necessarily related to them in a way that is lyrically and musically really well done executed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's going to be a great thing. And I see that as the next frontier for sort of myself and sort of the next stage of uh, where I'm planning to go and bring these ideas to a broader range of people in the world
1: beautiful well i might be able to be instrumental with a couple of those uh goals and facilitating for you in terms of leveling up so although i'm twice Mm. your age i am single (laughs) 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 and we could take that beautiful experience turn it into a song and create our own version of hip-hop lyrics for the rest of the world
2: I'm down. Let's do it. Let's do it.
1: And then, and then turn it into a video game. I mean, you know, the sky is the limit beyond the sky is the limit. I always say, and I'm just messing with you, Mark, but let, let me just say and underscore this. You know, you really are the epitome of the type of people I talk about vibe attracting tribe. I talk about, uh, you know, energy and synergy. And, and so for what you embody, and again, I don't look at the chronological age, but knowing that you are only that age, the wisdom that you speak, you're so succinct in your messaging. You are such a great communicator. You have so much to bring uh, to the rest of the world, even on the personal front with eventually finding your your twin flame or your soulmate or however mm-hmm. you wish to d- define it. Um, whoever is fortunate enough to partner up with you. Wow. Are they ever in good hands? Because you are, you are a gem. I, I mean, you know, sometimes we don't understand because it's hard to be objective with ourselves. Uh, we can be to a certain degree when it comes to accomplishing goals, but when it comes to sometimes the personal aspect of who we are, uh, particularly if we don't have a lot of experience to back that up or to offer those insights, um, uh, you know, for once upon a time as compared to where we are on current times. Um, I just want to say, Truly the, the compass of your soul, the fiber of your being, uh, you know, your sense of self, your healthy mindset, what you're doing at five o'clock in the gym with your trainer every day, uh, what you're saying and emitting and imparting to the global audience through all your medium platforms and content, uh, you are beyond yummy, my friend. So, you know, I think there's going to be a lineup for you. There's going to be a huge lineup for you.
2: You're so kind. (laughs)
1: Well, no, but I mean that sincerely. I I absolutely Mm. do. You're a good catch uh, for the important reasons, the substantial, profound, meaningful reasons. Um, So I just, again, unfortunately, being cognizant of time, I would love to invite you to come back onto the show anytime because, of course, for somebody of your nature and your caliber who's uh, committed to ongoing growth and personal development, there's always going to be a plethora of things in which you would need to share or ramp up or update people on. Mm. Uh, That's of kind of like the caliber of the show so you always have an open standing invitation, my friend. And of course, this is going to be followed up with a feature article of my takeaways, my breakthroughs on Ariana Huffington's site, Thrive Global. Uh, and uh, awesome. wow, that's going to be an awesome article. Let me tell you, because I mean, I just speak my truth and I am just so fired up and jazzed up having had this really beautiful co-synergistic conversation with you. So for what you've brought to myself, to the listening audience, and again, to the uh, eventual podcast subscribers, Mark, I just want to say, Thank you so very much. You are a gem, true, true gem. To the listening audience, I want to thank you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules, for tuning into Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. I'm very clear on my purpose. My purpose is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. Until next Friday, I want to wish you a safe, wonderful, fantastic, and fearless weekend. Love and gratitude. You take care, Mark. All my best.